news? Before I forget to record. Yeah. Oh, then let me open up good old Christmas ale. What? But we're not doing Christmas books, right? right? No, but it's okay. what's available right now. I realized, I thought, because we only recorded one, and then I realized, oh, wait, we have two. That I- yeah. I've lost track of time of everything. It's fine. It's fine. I kind of lost track too. And yeah, who even knows what episode we're on? Well, <laughs> if Three, nine, this is 10, this is episode 10. I believe this is episode 10 because we just posted episode eight. And then I still have to edit still have one eight. recording. Yeah. And that's episode yeah, nine. So this so is 10. It's a hobby with our three unique listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, three unique listeners. Yeah. We appreciate you. Okay, so should we start? I guess we thought we already were starting because I think with our three unique listeners, you already started oh. recording. Oh, I'll just <laughs> cut this part. I'm editing this week. You know how I like to snip, snip, snip. <laughs> Snippity, snip, snip. Welcome to Literary <laughs> Laughing. <laughs> You're the first starter anyways. So. Okay. Well, welcome to Literary <laughs> Laughing, episode 10. I'm Laura. And I'm Amy. And this is a show where we read you random parts from random books, and we laugh about them. And yes. hopefully you do too. But we should have a trigger warning. We do talk about sex. We cuss. We sometimes talk about uh, rape or sexual assault or um, abusive situations. So just keep that in mind if you find those things triggering. Yes. You're always welcome to skip. Yes. Don't leave forever. <laughs> just skip the parts you don't like. <laughs> skip the last people we talked about. Mm-hmm. No, wait, not the last one episode six was it six and yeah i had a yeah i I had a bad spell in book choices not knowing until it was too late well by too late i mean we we choose our books and then are like oh wait I'll, i'll get to this i'll get to this 30 minutes before oh my readings yes my many book reports all right, so I shall begin my reading. <laughs> wow. I'm going to edit this out. So shall I begin my book reading? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my sneeze isn't good enough for the podcast? No. Gosh. I'm surprised you didn't mute your mic. Have you not gotten to that part in the book yet? <laughs> no, I don't even know how to mute my mic. I have a little button on the top of mine, but I think we have different mics. Yeah, I got the cheat mic. You got like the high-tech mic. Maybe that's why mine always acts up. Mm, dun, dun, dun. Now we know. Oh, well. All right. I shall begin my reading. Okay. Her towel-dried brunette hair stuck up in tufts here and there, suggesting it would curl later. The borrowed clothes hung off her slight frame, and she'd cuffed the jeans so they wouldn't drag on the ground. 
She should have looked ridiculous in the two large pants and sweatshirt. The fact that she didn't, that she somehow looked as though a fashion designer had chosen the outfit and told her to make it work on the runway, had those warning buzzers going off again in the back of John's brain loud and clear. I like that this description is supposed to be from a straight male's perspective. Yeah. He's like, well, she just looks fashionable and whatever. I think they're his clothes. Uh, He's (laughs) I'm just laughing at how ridiculous this is. He stared at her, seeing a drop dead, gorgeous woman beneath shock and salt water and thought, were you his lover, a customer in a deal gone bad? Are you a victim, a perp? or somewhere in between wait he's looking at her thinking that yes (laughs) okay as if he'd said the question aloud she locked eyes with him so special agent john sharp at the fbi are you authorized to make a deal sydney saw the mental shields come crashing down one minute he'd been looking at her as though trying to make up his mind about her And in the next, she'd made it for him because innocent people don't need deals. His gorgeous blue eyes blanked and a small sardonic smile touched the corners of his lips, which were bracketed with small creases that drew her eyes and made her wonder what he'd look like if he smiled, really smiled at her. It depends on what you're offering, he said, expression giving away nothing. I think that's my deepest male voice I can offer. I, I like how you didn't put him in an accent so i know that you have an opinion about him already <laughs> <laughs> he's definitely american but <laughs> deep man america a midwest accent is what All I right. she wanted to tell him that she intended to give him everything she knew that she couldn't live with herself if tiberius got away with what he was planning but she had to be realistic all she knew about this guy was that he was an fbi agent She figured she could believe that much because she highly doubted the Coast Guard loaned their boats and crew to just anyone. Well, she also knew he'd dried off even handsomer than she expected. That wasn't exactly relevant, but it was certainly a fact. His hair was rich, dark brown, thick, and wavy. From his square-jawed features, the stress lines carved beside his mouth, she guessed he was in his mid-30s, a few years older than she. Mm. Wearing a gray Coast Guard sweatshirt, borrowed jeans, and thick socks as she was, he should have looked casual. Instead, he exuded that same leadership she'd noticed out on the deck, the same don't mess with me attitude. (laughs) On one level, she found it comforting. On another, disturbing. Mm. She'd known men like him before, men who would do and say anything necessary to achieve their goals if they thought the ends justified the means. Hell, she'd dated one of them, almost been engaged to him, and look where that had gotten her, unemployed and forced to seek out an alternative source of funding that had turned out to be far less legitimate than she'd hoped. Thankfully, this time, forewarned is forearmed, she thought grimly. No doubt, Agent Sharp figured that the end of bringing down a man like Tiberius would justify any means. She, on the other hand, needed to protect not only herself, but also Celeste. To do that, she had to maintain whatever leverage she could get her hands on. Knowing it, stealing herself to negotiate when her conscience was crying for her to spill every last piece of information on the spot, she stayed silent, waiting for Sharp to start his negotiations. Instead, he handed her a cup of coffee and gestured her to the small dining area of the galley where there was a booth-style table and bench seats. Hmm. 
She sat, blew across the surface of the steaming liquid, took a small sip, welcoming the burn of heat and the bite of caffeine. He sat down opposite her. I don't know why I said caffeine that way. Caffeine. (laughs) (laughs) He sat down opposite her and the booth was so cramped that their knees bumped beneath the table while he got himself settled. She moved away, all too aware of his maleness, of the way his aura filled the small (laughs) space and made her think of how long she'd gone without a man's touch. Oh, my. (laughs) Shouldn't want that male's touch to mess up those negotiations. Mm -hmm. Not when she looks so modelly. But she's just a little lady. I mean, what could she know about this kind of stuff? She gets all muddled up with man's aura. A man's aura all around. And he is muddled up by the way that she looks in regular clothes. Exactly. Wow. So. That's a a lot. Trying to find the about for this book because, oh, there's no little blurb for it on the back. Because, surprise, surprise, this was a two-for-one book that I chose. I saw read. the cover when you were reading, and I was like, oh, he's, I recognize he's shirtless. <laughs> this was, I read from Lord of the Wolfen for one of our episodes. I think it was episode Lord. four or five. Uh-huh. And uh, this book book is called twin targets it's a bonus book by the same jessica anderson Ooh! so that means it does not get a descriptor on the back or a picture on the front because i'm pretty sure this is the guy from the first story wait is this the one that looks like the cape but he's not really (laughs) wearing a cape yes it's like yes this is exactly this one (laughs) with the the thin little belly button yeah the athletic belly button. the athletic belly button that was it yes so this book is an a harlequin intrigue novel but the other book that i read from first that's part of this volume is a harlequin nocturne so there's two different genres just so you're aware I like to know the difference. So when we've been wrong about calling them sh- werewolf shifters, they're Harlequin nocturne. It's a very important distinction, <laughs> I believe. For many you almost lost your tea the moment I said that. It's hot chocolate, but yes. Hot chocolate. Oh, my bad. Same sentiment. <laughs> Gotta get that sugar high going. <laughs> yes. So yes oh wow shall I begin my second reading since we've yes I I, I do need to say I there were two that were oh. oh is this what the delay was you're like you had two and you couldn't figure out which one you wanted to do yes well it's fine because it gave me time to eat and I can't eat while we podcast I did listen to that part okay I do have a second reading okay I did choose. Yeah. I shall begin. Yes. I, Lara, shall begin. (laughs) (laughs) Nice segue, Lara. Thank you. (laughs) 
had he, God forbid, left her there alone, still playing his game? No, she told herself firmly. He wouldn't. He loves me. He said so, and I believe him. Then out of the darkness, his voice said, Sid, you okay? Her breath exploded from her in a whoosh of relief. I'm fine. You? (laughs) So good. That whoosh. Thank you. (laughs) What did you do? The first word killed the lab network permanently. The second and third together triggered another program that took the electric grid offline. And Fubo read the rest of the networks on the island. Of course it did. But there was warmth in his voice rather than frustration. She heard the click of weaponry and clothing. Presumably as he disarmed the guards he'd taken out. Tiberius got away, he said after a moment. Which explained the footsteps and the slamming door. Damn it. Think we can catch him? There was a pause, and she could almost feel the internal battle before he said, Let's find the others and get back to the boat. We'll give him a we'll get him another time. Which puts you back at square one, Sydney said. Guilt stabbed at her. You're going to be back to hunting him without any really good connection to a prosecutable crime. I'm sorry. I'm not. She heard him move closer, felt his arms come around her, and I'm not exactly back where I started either. Then he kissed her, leaving no doubt as to his meaning. She leaned into him as warmth speared through her. The darkness created warm intimacy, even as the feel of a pistol in one of his hands pressing into her back when he gathered her close against the hard wall of his chest, kept the sense of danger close by, adding to the thrill. That was a very long sentence. Heat bloomed as he slanted his mouth across hers and took it deeper, need spiraling up to become lust, desire becoming almost an obsession. Yet alongside the physical sensations, new scary emotions took root. She was safe in his arms, yet exposed. She felt raw, her emotions too close to the surface, too uncertain. She'd thought she loved him, but what did she know about loving a man? He'd been a challenge, conquest. Are you okay? (laughs) Like, you know, she started this being like well no the thing is she like started this being like oh i know he loves me and then now she's like but i don't know if i love him i don't know what love really is so they um they just got out of some really big battle firefight battle thing and he mouthed at her across the way i love you and so that's how she knows but i, I didn't want to read that part because it was like 20 pages long so I skipped that part for the good stuff it's like it's 20 pages long it's like a sex scene in the Panthers play oh my gosh <laughs> yes <laughs> okay back to the reading yes sorry. I only remember where I was okay I will say this sorry I thought when she was talking about the gun she's like all right is that really his gun like I thought oh yes but then it was pressed against her back while he's holding her from the front so that would have been some weird anatomy there yeah I guess yeah what are you having your pocket (laughs) (laughs) behind my back (laughs) oh my gosh okay I'll continue. He's been a challenge, a conquest. There didn't seem to be any possible way for them to make it work. They were too different and too alike in the wrong ways. Okay. They were both stubborn and headstrong and too used to running the show. If they tried to have a future, they'd probably wind up killing each other. 
Then again, if they didn't get their butts in gear, their future, shared or separate, was down to 12 minutes or so. Plenty of time to make out. Yes. They broke apart by unspoken accord. Time to go, he said, his voice rough with passion. He cleared his throat. <coughs> Here, take this. <laughs> I added it. Like, I like it. I like okay. it. You're getting into this acting stuff. He pressed a weapon into her hand. <laughs> the small pistol was heavier than she would have imagined, and the warm, oh, and warm from his body heat. Yes. Her fingers curled around the grip and found the trigger. Just point and shoot. There's a safety. He guided her finger to the little sliding bump along one side of the trigger guard. Which one's off? It's already off. Just leave it there for now. And yeah, with the safety off, it's point and shoot. But stick with me and it won't come to that, okay? Why did he tell her about the safety if it was already off? It's too complicated. Wait, why did he leave it off and hand her the gun? She could have shot him in the foot. Yeah. Or worse. Here, let me hand you a gun that you don't know how to use. And I'll just give the safety off. It's fine. Oh, and everything's going to blow up in 11 minutes now. So, well, the story ended by her shooting off his eggplant with the gun. So, <laughs> but stick with me and it won't come to that. Okay. <laughs> promise. I'll promise you whatever you want. He said simply, wow. The sentiment had her heart lodging in her throat as she began to believe he really meant it. He loved her. The very idea of it had worlds opening up before them even as the time ran out all around them. What's the plan? She asked suddenly, filled with renewed determination to get the hell off Rocky Cliff Island. She'd done it once. She could do it again. Where do you think Tiberius is holding the others? She thought for a moment. There are some wings I was never given access to. Those had been the blanks on the blueprints that they'd tried to fill in from the satellite images and guesswork. If I had to guess, I'd say he keeps his prisoners somewhere on the ground floor of North Wing. She swallowed hard. That's the closest to the cliffs. Simplifying disposal of the bodies, he said, following her train of thought. Right, let's go. Nice. Yeah. That whole don't, like, let's let's keep safeties on guns. That's a good idea. Or just don't hand guns to people who don't know how to use them. That's, That's another good idea. But they're... Also, don't make out with a gun pressed into somebody's back. With the safety off? (laughs) Well, it was warm from his body heat. So I don't know where he was keeping that little heavier than it looks pistol. But um, yeah. Everything's heavier than what it looks to her. Oh my goodness. I can barely lift this five pound gun. (laughs) (laughs) Look at my curls. (laughs) This little lady. (laughs) I'm just a little lady in a very big bad world <laughs> with the safety off so you better watch yourself oh no uh, he's looking at me differently now okay so yeah how many lovely pages are in this harlequin romance this is a harlequin romance okay mm-hmm Oh my gosh, we're gonna have to do some math. Oh no, I'll just tell you. No, we shouldn't do math because then we'd have to do more math to get back to the page number. <laughs> okay. okay yeah. 
You've got from page 261 to 459. 459? Yeah. Okay. Um, let's go to page 399. Oh, wait, no, no. Let's make it fun. 369. 369. All right. I see where you're going with this. Yeah. Okay. Hey, everybody. This is Amy. I have a dog and it's barking in the background, but we're just going to keep on reading. Because <laughs> we're both tired and want to go to bed soon. <laughs> but bringing you the same energy we've brought from, for every episode. Yeah, we hide our yawns behind the mute button. Exactly. <laughs> All right, let's go. All right, I shall just begin. Yes. Yes, but with whom? He retrieved the paper, reread the contents. His voice was coldly conversational when he said, What did he promise you? Freedom, safety, access to your records so you could complete the cure for your sister, more money than you could spend in this lifetime? He already promised me all that, Sydney snapped, anger coming to the forefront, and I still took my life into my own hands and escaped from the island because I refused to be involved in building a bioweapon. Good job, Sydney. All evidence to the contrary. He folded the paper and returned it to his pocket. It's a fake. Her volume increased, earning curious glances from outside of the van. I'm telling you, I didn't write the email. It's not my account. Grace checked that. The message traced back to the IP address on her laptop at the safe house. He paused. What did you do? Wait until she was asleep and sneak access? How'd you get around the firewall? Something your sister taught you? I didn't, she said miserably, anger losing steam as a heartache built. I didn't sneak Grace's computer to email Tiberius, and I sure as hell didn't tell him where the safe house is located. I didn't. Her shoulders sagged. I swear you have to believe me. But there was no belief in his cold blue eyes, no compassion, and there was no hesitation when he turned and walked away. John stood on the sidelines while the evidence techs did their thing in the kitchen where Grace had died. He knew his strengths in crime scene reconstruction wasn't one of them. Besides, he didn't need to reconstruct a damn thing. He'd been there. He witnessed it. He couldn't get the sight of Grace's face out of his head even after the techs had bagged and tagged the body and transported it away from the scene. John had lost team members before. Life-threatening danger was, unfortunately, part of the job description in the major crimes unit, but he'd never before been up close and personal with premeditated murder during the actual act. She'd been executed not 10 feet away from him, which made it impossible for him to not think about what he should have done differently. And there, the answer was simple. He should have never left the scene with Sydney. He shouldn't have taken her home, shouldn't have spent time with her alone, and he when he could have been working instead. While he and Sydney had been cuddling on the couch, Tiberius's hired guns had been taking out the surveillance teams, drugging them rather than killing them, thankfully, and subduing Grace. While he and Sydney had been driving back to the safe house, Tiberius's men had bound Grace, pumped her full of God knows what for questioning. She would have held out as long as she could, and when she broke under the combination of chemicals and interrogation, maybe worse, he didn't know yet, she would have given them as little as possible. He hoped like hell she'd been too far gone to realize she'd given the countersigns that would lead him into the trap. He hated thinking she'd died knowing she'd failed her, his team leader. Failed her team leader. Mm -hmm. It's okay, Grace. Oh, <laughs> this is him. 
It's okay, Grace, he said inside his own skull in case her spirit lingered nearby or maybe because he needed to say it for himself. His own skull. His own, not his mind. Not Not his his head. His skull. His skull. And the goo that floats within it. (laughs) Called your brain. (laughs) It just goes on and on and on him trotting on himself talking yeah. himself down because he went and had sex instead of protecting his people oh hmm. that red-blooded man oh my god what what was he supposed to do she looked like she could have been walking the runway <laughs> those oversized jeans mm-hmm. post guard sweatshirt oh, man maybe he just has a thing for a lady in a uniform maybe Oh man, now I'm interested. Who sent the email? Dun 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 dun. Dun dun dun. Well, we know that it wasn't Grace because she's dead now. Unless she did, and then she tried to turn back, and then he killed her. True. Mm-hmm. Couldn't be Sydney because that's the love interest. Plus, she was having sex with him. I think when the email was sent. Oh, he didn't look at the timestamp. <laughs> he's an FBI. He's a seasoned agent, but he just didn't get that. They checked the IP address. Yeah, I didn't look at the timestamp. <laughs> I was with you. You could have scheduled it. Oh, man. Wow. Ugh. Wow. Well, shall I read this last page? Yes, let's read the last page. Okay. Must know how this all ends. What sunset they walk into. He smiled against her mouth, turning down the burner when the water boiled over. I figured the US of A was far safer with you working for the government rather than against it. He'd also made it a condition that the think tank had to support her side project of developing a cure for Singer's syndrome. Her bug wasn't perfect yet, but it was getting there. When her fingers went to his belt, he glanced at the kitchen clock. 30 minutes, you said? Hmm, she followed the direction of his gaze. 25 now, but it's Celeste and Hugo. They'll understand if dinner's not done. And besides, I'm sure they can amuse themselves or each other. Her eyes glittered, no doubt, at the thought of their relationship that had developed between her sister and the FBI agent who'd protected her during the dangers of earlier that year. With that, she flicked off the burner beneath the boiling water and turned the sauce down to a simmer. Then, without a word, she held out a hand, and they walked up the stairs together. As they stepped into the bedroom, he leaned close and whispered, I love you. She looked up at him, eyes gleaming. I hope you know you've said that once or twice before. He smiled, swept her up in his arms, and carried her to their bed. Then I guess that means I finally found something worth repeating. I just like how you said, I love you. <laughs> okay, so one of his nicknames in the book was the Iceman. So that's why I gave him that voice. Because he's just like the ice. Yeah, he's supposed to like not have any emotions. Got it. Yes, exactly. So it comes to her. he only repeats things when it comes to her Mm -hmm. apparently apparently 
I don't know what is going on with my dog. She barks at everything. Somebody's walking by, she starts to bark. There's a light outside, she starts to bark. My neighbors, they just kind of interact with her now through the glass. They're like, hi. <sighs> Animals. All right, Amy, let's see what reading you have for us tonight. All right, it's my turn. How long she and, oh, was I supposed to say? I'm going to start reading now. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we're working on segues. Yeah. Good job, Amy. Thanks. Please read for us, Amy. All right. Thanks, Lara. I'll use one of those and edit out the rest. <laughs> You're the best, Lara. <laughs> With great power comes great responsibility. Yes. How long she and Raslin journeyed through the red tinged, distorted land of the abyss. Chrisania had no idea. Time ceased to have any meaning or relevance. Sometimes it seemed they had been here only a few seconds. Sometimes she knew she had been walking this strange, shifting Terran for weary years. She had healed herself of poison, but she felt weak, drained. The scratches on her arms would not close. She wrapped fresh bandages about them each day. By night, they were soaked through with blood. She was hungry, but it was not a hunger that required food to sustain life, so much as a hunger to taste a strawberry, or a mouthful of warm, fresh-baked bread, or a sprig of mint. She did not feel thirst either, and yet she dreamed of clear running water and bubbling wine and the sharp, pungent aroma of turbian tea. In this land, all the water was tinged reddish-brown and smelled of blood, yet they made progress. At least so Ryslin said. He seemed to gain in strength as Christiania grew weaker. Now it was he who helped her walk sometimes. It was he who pushed them onward without rest, passing through town after town, always nearing, he said, Godstrom, the mirror image villages of land below blurred together as Christiania's mind. Ki Shu. Zax Tsaroth <laughs> is spelled X-A-K-T-S-A-R-O-T-H. Yeah. 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 I say it how you say it. Sounds good. They crossed the abyss's new sea, a dreadful journey. Looking into the water, Krasania saw the horror-filled faces of all who had died and the cataclysm staring up at her. They landed at a place Reslin said was sanction. Chrisania felt her weakest here, for Reslin told her it was the center of worship for the Dark Queen's followers. Her temples were built far below the mountains, known as the Lords of Doom. Here, Reslin said during the war, they had performed the evil rites and turned the unhatched children of the good dragons into the foul and twisted draconians. That was a burp, I had to swallow it. Nothing further happened to them for a long while, or perhaps it was only a second. No one looked twice at Reslin in his black robes and no one looked at Chrisania at all. She might well have been invisible. They passed through the sanction easily, Reslin growing in strength and confidence. He told Chrisania they were very close now. God's shown was located somewhere to the north in 
Caucasus Mountains. Just going with that. How he could tell any direction at all in this weird and awful land was beyond Crisania. There was nothing to guide them. No sun, no moon, no stars. It was never really night and never truly day, just some sort of dreary reddish in between. She was thinking of this, trudging wearily beside Raceland, not watching where they were going, since it all looked the same anyway, when suddenly the archmage came to a halt. Hearing his sharp intake of breath, feeling him stiffen, Crisania looked up in swift alarm. A middle-aged man dressed in the white robes of a teacher was walking down the road toward them. Dot, 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 dot. There's four dots, so I thought that, ooh, I should say all. Four. Four, not three, four. Oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. Repeat the words after me, remembering to give them the proper inflection. Slowly he said the words, slowly the class, the class repeated them, all except one. Raislin! The class fell silent. Master, Raislin did not bother to conceal the sneer in his voice as he said the word. I didn't see your lips moving. Perhaps, <clears throat> perhaps that is because they were not moving, Master, Raislin replied. If someone else in the class of young magic users had made such a remark, the pupils would have snickered. But they knew Raceland felt the same scorn for them that he felt for the master. And so they glowered at him and shifted uncomfortably. You know the spell, do you, apprentice? Certainly I know the spell, Raceland snapped. I knew it when I was six. When did you learn it? Last night? The, ma the master glared, his face purpled with rage. You have gone too far this time, apprentice. You have insulted me once too often. The classroom faded before Raceland's eyes, melting away, only the master remained. And as Raceland watched, his old teacher's white robes turned to black. His stupid, paunchy face twisted into, into a malevolent, crafty face of evil. A bloodstone pendant appeared, hanging around his neck. This is a long word, so I just, I need to prep. Fistandentilis. <laughs> <laughs> whatever this word is <laughs> let me do it let me try to do this right yeah. <laughs> yes i love it respin gasped again we meet apprentice but now where's your magic the wizard laughed reaching up a withered hand he began fingering the bloodstone pendant panic swept over a raceland where was his magic? Gone. His hand shook. The words of spells tumbled into his mind, only to slip away before he could grasp hold of them. A ball of flame appeared in Fist and Dentalus's hands. <laughs> Wrestling choked on his fear. The staff, he thought suddenly, the staff of Magius. Surely its magic would not be affected. Raising the staff, holding it before him, he called upon it to protect him. But the staff began to twist and writhe in Wrestling's hand. No! He cried in terror and anger, obey my command, obey. The staff coiled itself around his arm and it was no longer a staff at all, but a huge snake. Whoa. Listening sink into his flesh, screaming, Raceland dropped to his knees, trying desperately to free himself from the staff's poisonous bite, but battling one enemy, he had forgotten the other. Hearing the spidery words of magic being chanted, he looked up fearfully, fist and dentalus, was gone, but in his place stood a drow, a dark elf. 
The dark elf Raceland had fought in his final battle of the test. And then the dark elf was Dalimar hurling a fireball at him. And then the fireball became a sword driven into his flesh by a fearless dwarf. Flames burst around the, uh, flames burst around him. Steel pierced his body, fangs dug into his skin. He was sinking, sinking into the blackness when he was bathed in white light and wrapped in white robes and held close to a soft, warm breast. Four dots. <laughs> Seeing a pattern here. And he smiled, for he knew by the flinching of the body shielding his and the low cries of anguish that the weapons were striking her, not him. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Oops. Sorry. <laughs> Bye. Not sorry. Ain't me. So bye. Oh my god, they're gonna oh wait. That's you screaming, not me. Oh. <laughs> I don't care. Bad. Bad. <laughs> I'll move on from here. <laughs> wow. This is really not here. <laughs> okay, let me spell this. I have to spell this name for you so you can really appreciate it. Please. F I S T A N N D A N N T I L U S. Oh my gosh. I was spelling it out in my head so I could pronounce it for you. And then I stopped because there are so many letters since you said every letter in the alphabet. Distendantilis. <laughs> That's what it is. Good. I'm glad yeah. you picked a book where you, you might have to say that name multiple times. Mm hmm. Um, I didn't pick another reading with Fist and Dentalist in it. Hmm, I wonder why. <laughs> I know. I, I chose a different one. But I should read the back first. Yes, please. Yeah. <clears throat> Raisley cast the magical spell that has cost him so much. For him, the portal opens. Four dots. But... At the same instant, his twin brother, Karaman, operates the magical time-traveling device. The fields of magic shift and collide. Karaman and the kinder Tasselhoff are flung into an unexpected time and place where they make a horrifying discovery. And Raceland enters the abyss, prepared to face his most dreaded, oh, sorry, and prepared to face his most deadly challenge, Takahisis, queen of darkness. <laughs> Okay. Takahisis. T-A-K-H-I-S-I-S. Takahisis. Yes. Yes, that name. Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, I will say one part that we kept on distracting me. Like, they have little... Oh. Yeah. So they Easy have... angry eyes. Yeah. Drawings at the beginning of every chapter. Show me another one. Um, this one spells. Yes. Yeah. So. All right. What is this book okay. called, Amy? So th this one is Dragonlance Legends Test of the Twins. This is volume three. Ooh. And this test of the twins test of the twins um on the cover as you could probably guess there's two men with the same looking face mm -hmm. one has 
white hair and a robe on and kind of like these yellowish eyes. And the other one is brunette with a red cape and a shield okay. that has a dragon on it. Um, the brunette's holding a sword while the guy with the robe is holding a staff. So, wow. Yeah. So one of the twins I'm guessing is the warlock wizard guy and the other one, sorry. And the other one is the warrior. And this is by Margaret Weiss and Tracy Hickman. So it has two authors actually. Oh, yeah, they're like in the background. There's like a storm. This looks like sixties, seventies, probably seventies. Um, actually, this was maybe eighties. A- oh, it has a map. Wow, I love a good map in a book. I'm not gonna yeah, lie. This one has a map. Um, so it's the world of Kryn, the continent of Ancelon. So this was actually, the copyright is 1986. <gasps> the year I was born. Happy birthday to you. You got a twin. <laughs> it's my book. It's your book. Um, so what I thought was really interesting about these writers, they actually met when they were working for a company to write stories for games. Wow. So it, they met at a place called TSR, I guess. Da, da, da. Yeah, TSR Inc., which, um, yeah, is a game publishing company. Um, best known as the original publisher of Dungeons and Dragons. So cool. these two, yeah, so they met at the I guess it kind of makes sense for Dungeons and Dragons plays. So they're nerds. They're so they're big, kind of like, yeah. yeah they, so they this book is making them a lot more sense. Yeah. So they met there and they were colleagues and they're like, hey, come, they were basically given the task to come up with concepts. And so they came up with the concept, which they called Project Overlord, which was this whole series. And then the writer they wanted to do it didn't work out. So they ended up writing the series themselves called the Dragonlance Legends Trilogy. And then they did a different one for Dark's Word Trilogy. And apparently they are kind of big deal in the gaming. Wow. Just because it came up with the concepts for so many games that they wrote them out into books. Cool. Mm -hmm. I thought that was interesting when I actually looked up the author and I was like, oh, interesting authors. I'll show you the, um, here's the artwork for the start of this chapter, which is just like, it looks like the sidewall. I love when books have illustrations. It just really helps me to picture their worlds better. Honestly, Mm -hmm. I love a good picture book too. (laughs) Which I guess if I'm an adult, I should say graphic novel, but yeah. I was reading the Polar Express last night to my son. Mm-hmm. And I really enjoy the illustrations in it. I just think they're rich and very interesting and well done. And they obviously read the story to be able to come up with these illustrations. So it's just, it's good support for the book and the story. Not like some of the covers that we get. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
this cape this <laughs> this cape short hair blonde hair when he's a brunette okay yeah um it's always a mess all right so i'm gonna start my second reading okay amy thanks lara <laughs> tass waited nothing happened heaving an exasperated sigh tass eyed the sky sternly and waited some more still nothing tass heaved a sigh all right i admit it I'd give the contents of one pouch, maybe even two for a chance to fly in the Citadel. There, that's the truth. The rest of the truth at any rate. And I did always find your hat for you, four dots. But despite the magnanimous gesture, no dragon appeared. Finally, Tass gave up. Realizing that the draconian patrol had passed on by, he rose up from behind the garbage heap and made his way back out of the alley onto the street. Well, he muttered, I suppose you're busy, Fizban. And at that instant, the ground lifted beneath Taz's feet, the air filled with broken rock and brick and debris, a sound like thunder defeated the kinder, and then silence. Picking himself up, brushing the dust off his leggings, Tass peered through the smoke and rubble, trying to see what had happened. For a moment, he thought that perhaps another building had dropped on him, like at Tarsus, but then he saw that wasn't the case. A bronze dragon lay on its back in the middle of the street. It was covered with blood, its wings spread over the block, had crushed several buildings, its tail lay across several more, its eyes were closed. There was a scorch mark up and down its flanks, and it didn't appear to be breathing. Now this, said Taz, irritably staring at the dragon, was not what I had in mind. At that moment, however, the dragon stirred. One eye flickered open and seemed to regard the kinder with dazed recollection. Fire flash, Taz gasped, running up one of the huge legs to look the wounded dragon in the eye. I was looking for you. Are, are you hurt badly? The young dragon seemed about to try to reply when a dark shadow covered both of them. Curse, Cursaw's eyes flared open. He gave a soft snarl and tried feebly to, to raise his head, but the effort seemed beyond him. Looking up, Taz saw a large black dragon swooping toward them, apparently intent on finishing off his victim. Oh no, you don't, Taz muttered. This is my bronze. Fizban sent him to me. Now how do one, does one fight a dragon? Stories of Huma came to the kinder's mind, but they weren't much help since he didn't have a dragon lance or even a sword. Pulling out his small knife, he looked at it hopefully, then shook his head and shoved it back in his belt. Well, he'd have to do the best he could. Fire flash, he instructed the dragon as he clambered up on the creature's broad, scaled stomach. You just lie there and keep quiet, all right? Yes, I know all about how you want to die honorably fighting your enemies. I had a friend who was a knight of Solomnia. But right now, <laughs> Salamnia. It's like Salmonella. Yes. the letters. Okay. <laughs> I had a friend who was in need in sal of Salmonella. <laughs> it didn't go that great for him. <laughs> he died. It was he died. Oh, man. All right. <laughs> Sorry. But right now, we can't afford to be honorable. 
I have two other friends who are alive right now, but who maybe won't be if you can't help me get to them. Besides, I saved your life once already this morning, although that's probably not too obvious at the moment. And you owe me this. Whether Kerr saw us, understood, and was obeying order, I'd simply lost consciousness. Task couldn't be certain. Anyway, he didn't have time to worry about it. Standing on top of the dragon's stomach, he reached deep into one of his pouches to see what he had that might help. And out came Tannis's silver bracelet. You wouldn't think he'd be so careless with this, Taz muttered to himself as he put it on his arm. He must have dropped it when he was tending to Karaman. Luckily, lucky I picked it up. Now, raising his arm, he pointed at the black dragon who was hovering above, its jaw gaping open, ready to spew its deadly acid on its victim. Just hold it, the kinder shouted. The dragon corpse is mine. I found it. Well, it found me, so to speak nearly squashed me into the ground. So just clear out and don't ruin it with that nasty breath of yours. The black dragon paused, puzzled, staring down. She had often enough given over a prize or two to the draconians and goblins, but never that she could recollect to a kinder. She too had been injured in the battle and was feeling rather lightheaded from the loss of blood and a clout on the nose, but something told her that wasn't right. She couldn't recollect ever having met an evil kinder. She had to admit, however, that there might be a first time. This one did wear a bracelet of undoubtedly black magic, whose power she could feel blocking her spells. Do you know what I can get for dragon's teeth and sanction these days? The kinder shouted. To say nothing of the claws, I know a wizard paying 30 steel pieces for one claw alone. The black dragon scowled. This was a stupid conversation. She was hurting and angry. Deciding to simply destroy this irritating kinder along with her enemy, she opened her mouth. When she was suddenly struck from behind by another bronze, shrieking in fury, the black forgot her prey as she fought for her life, clawing frantically to gain airspace, the bronze following. Heaving a vast sigh, Taz sat down on Kirsha's stomach. I'll just stop there. Yeah. I feel like this would make a lot more sense if we had read the other two books. Probably. Oh, probably. Like maybe we would be more <laughs> we'd be more familiar with the names because I find when they're made up or different names that it's mm-hmm. hard for me to keep track of them in my mind when they're all introduced in one big blah. Well, Kirsa is the dragon. Right. That he calls something else. He calls it Fire Flash. Calls the dragon Fire Flash, and it's a boy dragon. And then the girl dragon is the black dragon, which is evil and knows that it's evil. Oh. That was the part that I was about to start laughing at when they, when it's like good fighting evil, but the evil knows that it's evil. Okay. Yeah. I'm evil. Really think it's I'm evil. <laughs> I'm evil. I'm because black. I'm a black dragon and I'm evil. I knew it. <laughs> because I don't think anybody really thinks that they're evil. I feel as though there are characters and stories that do, but I don't think people in real life think that they're evil i think they think that people they're just misunderstood 
I mean, there's some people that want to be known as like the worst of the worst. I don't think many times when it's like, for instance, like a war, nobody thinks that they're the evil side of the war. Yeah. Yep, that's evil. So that's why I kind of laugh on some of these books when they're like, the evil, we're evil. Mm-hmm. I'm like, You're fighting for your side, which you think is right because of such and such and such and such a reason. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but I like that part because it made me really feel like, oh, so this is the the gameplay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is almost like a video game. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's like Dungeons and Dragons, which I've never played before. But mm-hmm. there's a lot of dice. <laughs> yes, a lot, and the dice have a lot of sides. Mm-hmm. I've seen this setup before and I've even seen like the character sheets before and the big old reference books that they have, but. Yeah, I made my own character before. I, I evolved from a cabbage to joins a mid quest game. Yeah. But I learned during my first Dungeons and Dragons that you can't talk to people about your moves. So you can't even coordinate with somebody because everything's happening within seconds. Exactly but it doesn't feel like it's happening within seconds because everybody takes so long to decide what they're going to do. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I didn't understand that. And if I knew that I would have picked a character that's all about chaos, messing everything up, but now nobody's going to want me to play D and D with them. No, because you're, you evolved from a cabbage. I know. (laughs) Cause I'm the chaos magician. I'm I'm not a cabbage. I'm chaos. I'm just chaos. (laughs) see you wouldn't know that you were evil you would just know that you were chaos but everybody else would know that you were evil yeah, i'm like let's just send some fireballs <laughs> but we're in a wood building we'll run from the building after the fireballs <laughs> yes <sighs> yeah okay so, so there are 343 pages. I will go with two, 215. Do you want me to show you the artwork that goes with whatever you chose? Yes. Oh! My soul. It was on the, the page that you chose. It's a ring or a bracelet with jewels uh, and snakes. Are those snakes? Uh, no, those are like letters. Oh. Those are the language. Okay. Oh, they made up a language too. Probably. probably. They are big enough nerds. This is the third book. They probably have a language. <laughs> they have a map. They've got a language. Okay. <laughs> About, I mean, all right. Let's see. What's it say, Caramon? I'm oh, sorry. Let me get a better voice. What's it say, Caramon? Tass stood on tiptoe, trying to peer over the big man's arm. Shh, Caramon whispered irritably. I'm reading. He shook his arm. Let loose. <laughs> the big man had been leaping hurriedly through the chronicles he had taken from Astinus, but he had stopped turning pages and was now studying one intently. With a sigh, after all, he car- he'd carried the book. Tass slumped back against the wall and looked around. They were standing beneath one of the flaming braziers mm, that Palanthians used to 
light the street. <laughs> that's not a bra. That's like, that's like an aldrin. <laughs> oh, this is not sexy. Light those bras on fire. I, I think not brazier. I, I think it's braziers. Like braziers or something. Braziers. Okay. I, I'm not a hundred percent certain on that. I have not looked at that. This is off the top of my head. B-R-A-Z-I-E-R-S. Yeah. I, when I see that, I think, oh, a brazier. Right <laughs> Madonna. <laughs> Don't go for second best bit. <laughs> and back to the reading. Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> the flaming braziers that... Palanthians used to light the tree at night. It was nearly dawn. The kinder guessed. The storm clouds blocked the sunlight, but the city was taking on a dismal gray tint. A chill fog curled up from the bay, swirling and winding throughout through the streets. Though there were lights in most of the windows, there were few people on the streets, the citizens having been told to stay indoors unless they were members of the militia. But Tass could see the faces of women pressed against the glass watching, waiting. Occasionally, a man ran past them, clutching a weapon in his hand, hold in his hand, heading for the front gate of the city. And once, a door to a dwelling right across from Tass opened. A man stepped out, a rusty sword in his hand. A woman followed, weeping, leaning down. He kissed her tenderly, then kissed the small child she held in her arms. Then, turning away abruptly, he walked rapidly down the street. As he passed Tass, the kinder saw tears flowing down his face. Oh no, Karaman muttered. What, what, Tess cried, leaping up, trying to see the page Karaman was reading. Listen to this. And then it goes into a long thing where it's foretelling the future. I'm listening. <laughs> oh no, oh no, let oh, me no. foretell the future from this. Yeah, and then it just goes on to like, two pages of him telling him what's in the book oh my goodness that's a lot mm-hmm. yeah wow yeah so that's why I stopped because it was a lot and and when we say it's a lot it's a lot it's a lot and we're lazy <laughs> it's all the names for me <laughs> look at this it's like all of this Oh my goodness. Those are thick oh. paragraphs too. Mm-hmm. Part, that type. Yeah, there was one part that I was like, oh, this would be interesting to read. But then I realized it was two pages of one person talking. And I was like, oh. They need the evil like- dragon to come and stop that monologuing. Yeah, that this monologuing needs that uh, acid breath of the dragon. <laughs> no wonder it's like, I'm evil. I don't monologue. I just think about it. <laughs> Peace. Oh this creature that's talking to me way too much, but doesn't make any sense. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't know what that ring had to do with everything, but one ring to rule them all. One ring to find them. One ring to bring them all, and in the darkness find them. It's evil. Dun dun dun! <laughs> Full circle ring. 
back to the dragon. Yes, the dragon. But the dragon isn't in that one. Oh. Just not in that reading. Or you mean it's not in the well, Lord not, of the Rings? It's not in that part of Lord of the Rings because it's that in the you know of. The Hobbit still had the ring when he went to Yeah, it's in Mont the Hobbit. Blair. Yeah. yeah, we could. I guess we can go back to the Hobbit there. Yes, yes, yes. What's going on on the last page, Amy? Okay. Tika looked at him. Her laughing face suddenly grown pale and serious. Reaching up, Caramon slowly took down the plaque. He looked at it silently and for a long moments. Then, long moments. So there was multiple long moments. Yeah. Then with a smile, he handed it to Tika. Keep this for me, will you, my dear? He said softly and gently. She looked up at him in wonder, her trembling fingers going over the smooth edges of the plaque, tracing out the arcane symbols inscribed upon it. Will you tell me what happened, Caramon? She asked. Someday, he said, gathering her into his arms, holding her close. Someday he repeated. Then kissing the red curls, he stood looking out over the town, watching it waken and come to life. Through the sheltering leaves of the Valen wood, he could see the gabbled roof of the inn. He could hear the voice, hear voices now, sleepy voices, laughing, scolding. He could smell the smoke of cooking fires as it rose into the air, filling the green valley with a soft haze. He held his wife in his arms feeling her love surround him, <laughs> seeing his love for her shining before him always, shining pure and white like this, the light from Solanari, <laughs> or the light shining from the crystal atop a magical staff. Caramon sighed deeply, contentedly. It doesn't matter anyway, he murmured. I'm home. I'm home. I'm home. It doesn't matter. Everything that you want, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. I'm home. Wow. And then at the very end, the next page, there is a wedding song. So. Dot, 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 dot. dot, dot. There's six dots and then a wedding song. I'm just kidding. <laughs> 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 I feel as though we chose three authors, your two plus my one. Yeah. They're all female and successful and wrote. Well, no, one of mine's a male. Oh, who cares about him? So, <laughs> <laughs> never mind. I'll just cut this part out completely. Obviously. Okay, we got two females and one male writing these yeah. novels. Who did a great job. And I mean, you know, living their best life, writing about what they enjoy. FBI agents with square jaws and deep voices who say, I love you across a gunfight. And, and evil dragons. And yeah. And these two brothers that are, oh, well, look at this one. It's an alligator upside down that looks like it died with a necklace right beside it. It's like a weird lizard. I don't know. If that's a wow. 
Yeah, I don't know what I don't know that what is. that is because its tail looks like yeah, some sort of lizard rat. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, this seems very interesting, but very involved. Yeah. I feel like I probably could have insulted a lot of people who love this book. Oops. This whole series. That's not <laughs> how you say it. It's Ramon. <laughs> Now we should say we do pick up these books at random and read random parts out and we're not in any way making fun of the author's work because anything can be funny or weird or random or something that's difficult to understand. Some of these names are just really hard because they're just one or two letters off. Yes. So instead of Caramon, it's, I want to say Cameron every time I see Caramon and then Tasselhoff like you get and you're like well it should be Hasselhoff like what <laughs> David <Gosh>. they changed it to the name is David Tasselhoff <laughs> okay well on that I'm note <laughs> that's not what happened but it was really funny I on that note Tammy <laughs> if you just change the letters one letter you don't have to worry about fully getting a new name in there it's all good that's what their language is we'll just add a t to the front of everything no matter what the consonant is just change it to a t wait i just saw somebody had the name charles there's one charles in this whole thing what there's a charles he's probably accidentally imported there from another world or something yeah and a gunther gunther <laughs> it always makes me think of like uh the guy from friends yeah oh he passed away I thought. oh he did i thought he may have i don't want to start a bad rumor let me double <laughs> don't <check> start that <laughs> i was about to say we're finally ending like on a happy note for our episode that amy's like downer yeah no he 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 passed away oh my gosh he had prostate cancer so i hope he rests in peace anyways tasselhoff (laughs) sorry that just made me think of this instagram reel that my brother sent me where this guy he's a comedian and he only has one leg and he said that a stranger approached him and was like excuse me but why do you not have a prostate I think I do. And that's a very personal question to ask a stranger, but um, I guess I could get it checked if you're that concerned, but I'm pretty sure I still have it. (laughs) It took me so like the saddest part is it took me a second to be like prostate. What's the right word? Oh yeah. Prosthetic. That's why it's a funny joke. You got there. You got there. Anyways, not to, yeah. Anyways. Yeah. yeah. So if you want to send us emails, not about your prostate. Yeah. Uh, we don't, we, we can't check that for you. We are not licensed in that way. Anyways. You can find us on Instagram at the literary laughing. Um, we hope to keep updating these book covers, but you know, we are lazy. Totally so. up to date. Just totally up to date. What are you talking about? Up to date. <laughs> right now, it's up to date. We no. <laughs> it's probably, it's, it's probably a week behind, at least. At least. Yeah. 
at least um to be fair we so, don't update our personal instagrams that often either so no no you i mean if you just send us a message and are like hey where are these book covers then we realize that yeah send us a message send us a message to remind us to get things done so you can laugh at these book covers with us or, or fully just enjoy some of this, this art that somebody worked very hard to make um oh. And then it also reminds us that we have to edit these and post them at a regular beat. Yes. We're just just motivate us. That's all we're asking you. Just tell us you're alive and <laughs> motivate us. Yes. If not, then we think that you are okay with our slacking and we will just keep on doing slacking on. Slacking on. Keep calm and slack on. <laughs> That's a great shirt. That's probably already exists. Don't take it or we'll sue you. (laughs) (laughs) We don't even post on Instagram when we're talking about suing people. Like we have the time and effort in us. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. No, we're serious. We totally would talk about it. talk about it and laugh about it and think about it seriously and laugh some more well we could just change the lettering and then our shirts would be cuter so uh exactly we know how this works we knew people that were in sororities yeah gosh yeah on that note (laughs) you can also email us What are you laughing at gmail.com? <laughs> You're going to have to sing it for every episode after that. That's our new jingle. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> go read a book. Yeah. Bye.